Well, good morning. God-sized. That's what this sermon series is about. How to live a God-sized life as a follower of Christ. How to dream God-sized dreams and be involved in something bigger that He's doing it. You know, I don't know if you ever think about it, but I think about it every time I have the opportunity to preach here about how many different groups of people and how many different venues hear our Sunday morning services. I mean, we've got three services, three different groups of people that hear it here on the Colonial Heights campus. We've got another service at the Midlothian campus. We've got two live stream services that go out on Sunday morning. And then we have a lot of people that listen to it all during the week through our website. That's a lot of people. A lot of folks who have connected in to each Sunday service. But is that what we're talking about when we say life is better connected? I think not. I think what we're talking about is something much deeper, something much more intense, something much more meaningful. You know, as a pastor of this church over the years, I've had an opportunity to talk to people in all sorts of places, you know, at the park, at the grocery store. They, they find out that I'm a, a pastor here at the Heights, and so they'll, they'll say something similar to this. They're saying, oh, I came to your church to hear the Annie Moses band in concert. I came to your church to see one of your Christmas productions. I came to your church to see what that wild game thing was all about that time. I want to tell you something. That's exciting. That's awesome. We are so thankful that people come to our church to see what's going on here. But listen, we don't want you to just come and see. We want you to become and be. We want you to become a part of something bigger than yourself. That God-sized thing that's going on that He's doing here through this body of believers. And we want you to be involved in fulfilling that mission that He has for us in this world. So come and see is great. But don't let it stop there. Become and be a part of what He's doing. That's our desire. That's our hope for you. You've heard it several times through this sermon series. Randy has mentioned our new uh, mission statement. It says, building relationships that connect all people to God-sized life and love. Building relationships. Relationships. The definition of relationship is a connection or an involvement. You see, relationships are about people. And ministry is about people as well. I remember when my son first went in the ministry, he was a youth pastor down in North Carolina, and I called him up early on in his ministry, and I asked him, I said, so how is it going? He said, it would be going really well if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> well, we all understand that a little bit, but ministry is about people. Relationship is about people. And so when we're talking about what God is doing and what God desires of it, it is in the context of people. And so our measures that we're talking about this morning, that's what we've been doing the last few weeks, talking about measures, how we evaluate our journey, how we evaluate our walk as a Christ follower, how we know we're growing and becoming more of what God wants us to be. Well, our measures this week are people measures. 
They're about dealing and interacting with people. They're about where are you connecting? And where are you getting involved? Or as we have worded it, where are you serving? So today we're talking about where are you connecting and where are you serving? And let's start off with where are you connecting? And let's go back to the beginning of the Bible, back to Genesis and back to chapter 2. It says, Then the Lord said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. Now, most of us in here know that that is in the context of a man and a woman, the Eve being created to help Adam. It is in the context of a husband and a wife, but it is much more than that. It is much deeper than that because it speaks of the way that God created us. God created each and every one of us to be connected. We need those connections with other people. Now, I know some of you that were here the last time I preached, you're saying, wait a minute, that Sunday you told us that we wear you out. You're an introvert. And that's true. I'm very much an introvert, and you do wear me out sometimes. But it doesn't mean I don't want the connection. It doesn't mean I don't want to interact with people. I just got to do it on shorter uh, time segments than maybe some of you do. But I want those connections with people. We all do. We are made to connect. Now, most of us are familiar with Legos, the little kids' blocks, right? We know what they are. And uh, the thing that distinguishes them, you know, they're different sizes, different shapes. But the thing that distinguishes them are those little studs on the top where you hook them together, where they connect. Now, the standard uh, Lego building block is known as the eight-stud rectangular block. It's got two rows of four, eight of them on there. And if you go on the Lego website, they'll tell you you can find some things about the different combinations and the different connections you can make. Because Legos are all about connecting, right? Now, one Lego, you can't do much with one Lego. But the only thing it can do is give you the worst pain you've ever experienced if you step on it barefooted going into your child's room. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. If you could get burglars to come in barefooted, that'd be the greatest deterrent. You could just put them all around the perimeter of the house. But that's, one can't do much. But when you get two, now you can start making connections. And Lego says you can make 24 different connections with two Legos. Now, some of you are mathematicians. One of our band guys is, and he said, I, I stopped listening to the rest of the sermon because I got into the math right there. And he and I both agree that there is, you can make more than 24 connections. But uh, David, I'll talk to you later and tell you how I figured out how Lego came up with 24. But two, make 24. Three, you can make 1,060 different connections with six Legos. Now get ready for this. With six Legos, you can make over 95 million connections. You see, each time you add another piece, you increase the possibilities of connections exponentially. And that's the way it is in the church. As you and I connect to one another in the power of God, we can't even begin to imagine or fathom what God is able to do with that as he brings his people together in the connection that he intended for them to be in. We are meant to be connected. Let's look at the early church in Acts chapter 2. Now remember, this is a church just as it's getting started. 
And it says every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. And they broke bread from house to house. And they ate food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Do you see all the different connections that it's talking about here? In the early church, they were adding to one another. They were connecting with one another, all for the purpose of seeing people saved. And added to the connection. That's what God's about. He connects us together for the purpose of carrying out His mission. Carrying out His task. Accomplishing what He wants to do through the people that are gathered in a particular place. And that's what He's doing for us. Look at that. They're all joined together. And then in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, So then you're no longer foreigners and strangers but your fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone and him the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in him you're also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit when we are connected to Jesus We are connected to people. We are connected to one another. In this this verse, he says, we are members of the same family. We're connected together like a family. He says, we're citizens of the same kingdom. We're connected together as citizens in the kingdom of God. He says, we're connected together like stones that are put into place to build a building. And he says, We are connected, joined together as the holy temple of God. Not individually, notice that. He's saying that we are all joined together, connected together to be the temple of God. It is that that God in His Spirit works and moves and accomplishes all that He desires in our community and in our world. Where are we connected? Well, I'm going to tell you something. We're not connected sitting in here in the Colonial Heights campus, in this big room. We're not connected sitting in the theater out at Midlothian, and we're not connected listening to it at home over the live stream. The connection comes in small groups. The connection comes in our life groups. The connections come in a place where you can come together and share what your journey is like and listen to what others' journey is like and grow together with one another. See, being connected is about being connected in our relationships, developing those close relationships, those friendships, and building them, growing together in Christ. My wife Sue and I have been married for 42 years. When we first got married, we were part of a church that had a small group, Sunday school, of folks who were the same age and the same life uh, journey as us, newlyweds. Some of those people are still our friends, still our fellow journeyers today. Even though we've moved, we're scattered out all over the country. None of us are close to one another anymore geographically. But there was a connection, a relationship, 
that developed. And it's connecting in our caring for one another. See, that's hard to do in this big group, but it's done in the small group. It's knowing the needs and reaching out and helping to meet those needs. As a pastor in this church, when someone has gone to the hospital, one of my greatest joys is to go there and have them say, my life group's already been. I appreciate you coming, Pastor, but my life group's got it taken care of. What a great joy that is for my heart because that means we're doing church like church ought to be done. We are connecting in our relationship, connecting in our caring, and we need to connect in our inclusion with one another. In other words, we need to be drawing other people into our circle. We need to be connecting other people up in our group so that they then feel apart and feel connected. I've been in the ministry almost 40 years. One of the great dangers in groups is that you become very friendly with the people you know, but you don't draw anybody else in. Where are you connecting? Are you connecting in the relationships? Are you connecting in the caring? Are you connecting in the inclusion of others? That's what God's calling us to do. Then the second question we're asking today, the second measure we've got is, where are you serving? Look at Matthew chapter 20. It says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Two things in here it says about why Jesus came. He came to serve and he came to give. Serve and give. Keep that in your head, in your mind as we go on in our next passage. Philippians chapter 2 says, Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant. By assuming the form of a servant. It says, adopt the same attitude that Christ had. Well, what was Christ's attitude? We heard it just a moment again. Why did he come? Not to be served, but to serve and give. That's the attitude that God calls you and me to adopt. That's the attitude God calls for us to have. You see, service is not, for us as Christians, it's not something we tack on to our schedule when we have the time. It's not saying, well, I'm really busy, but, you know, maybe two weeks from Thursday I I can serve a little bit. Now, service is the heart of the Christian life. It's something we're always about. If we're Christ followers. And yet sadly that's not our natural inclination is it? In fact most of the time we're more concerned about serve us than serve us. You don't know how many times I've heard people in 
every church I've ever been a part of say something like, well, we're good. You know, you talk to them, they've come to visit, and they say, yeah, we're looking around for a church. We're, we're trying to find a church that meets my needs, meets my family's needs, trying to find a church where we can be blessed. Instead of saying, I'm trying to find a church where I can serve and I can be a blessing. Now, having said that, I want to tell you there have been numerous times in this church, as a part of this church, that I've had people come to me and say, I want to talk to you. I've been, we've been visiting. We're thinking about joining. But I want to make sure that this is a church where I can come and do something, where I can serve, where I can be a blessing to others. And, folks, that's why God is doing what he's doing in this congregation and in this church. Because there are people who come more concerned about service than serve us. So we need to understand that. God's called us to serve. So where are we serving? Look at Colossians chapter 3. It says, whatever you do, do it from the heart. There's the key, isn't it? Whatever you do, do it from the heart. It's something done for the Lord and not for people. Now, that's key because, I'll be honest with you, if we're doing it for people, we're going to quit. Because people can be very unappreciative, can't they? People can be downright mean. But we're not doing it for people. What are we doing it for? For the Lord. We're doing it from the heart. Knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. Dawson Trotman the founder of Navigators, was in Taiwan one time traveling, meeting national pastors. And he had one particular pastor that is his guide, his leader, taking him around to some of the more remote areas. And they'd gone back into the bush country to meet up with some of the national pastors there. And as they were making the journey, they were walking. It had been raining. It was nasty. The road was nothing but mud. And you can imagine their shoes just covered in mud when they got to their destination that night. After Trotman had left, someone asked the Taiwanese pastor, said, what do you remember most about Dawson Trotman? And he said this, he cleaned my shoes. But of all the things he could have remembered, what this national pastor remembered, that when he got up early the next morning, Trotman had already gotten up earlier than him and cleaned his shoes for him. That's the heart of a servant. That's the spirit of a servant. And that carried through all of his life, even up to his death, because he died rescuing someone from drowning. Now, you and I are probably not going to be called to die rescuing someone from drowning. But we are called to clean people's shoes. No, not literally, or at least not most of the time literally. But we are called to have that servant spirit. That spirit that will do what needs to be done no matter how big or how small. We're called to clean people's shoes. And we do that by passing out bulletins, volunteering to serve to pass out bulletins on Sunday morning, serving by helping somebody find a seat in the auditorium, by being a part of our youth ministry, our children's ministry, our preschool ministry. 
Finding that place where you can step in and help. Finding that place where you can serve. So where are you serving? Where are you serving today? We've got opportunities for you to serve within the church. Just mentioned a few there, but go ahead and talk with Debbie Hurman. Debbie is always needing volunteers and guest services and first touch ministries. Go and talk to Will or Angela or Brandy about where you can step in and help. Talk to Eric Heatherly about what you can help with his new ministry. Where are you serving? we got places all within the church. You can be a life group teacher. You can serve within your life group. We've also got opportunities for you to serve outside the church in the ministries that we're doing. We've got ministries going on with partners all over Central Virginia, all through the 804. Talk to Wes Rose. Talk to Jennifer Harris. They can tell you some places where you can serve. But you know, above that, we can serve wherever we go. The Bible says, go therefore and make disciples. As you're going, do this. As you're going, serve. Find places to serve somebody. Find places to help somebody. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker. Find somebody you can help. Somebody you can serve. You know, when we talk about measuring stuff, there are different ways to measure things. Sometimes we measure it just by setting a one-time goal. I was thinking about a couple of ways that I've seen that in pay. I remember when I was a kid growing up in elementary school, we were all, every school was always a part of the United Way campaign. And so they would set a goal for our school, and they had that thermometer drawn out there. And as you gave, the line would go up and up. And when you got to the top, it all burst out and went everywhere. And you know, you'd reached your goal. I was also thinking about this, and I, I told the first group, I don't know why, because I'm 65 years old. It's been a long, long time since I was in high school. But I was thinking about when I was getting ready to finish up high school and go to college, and I had to take the SATs. And I sat down, and I figured out what score I needed on SATs. I set my goal. And I went in, I took them, and the very first time I met my goal. And I had teachers that came back and said, well, don't you want to take it again and try to get a little bit higher? And I no, I'm done. <laughs> I met my goal. I got what I needed to get into college. I'm not going back and taking any other SAT. I'm done. Well, there are things you can measure that way. But then there are other things that are more a graft, a, a progression that takes place. You know, if you're, you're charting your retirement account, you don't get real excited because it hit this back, you know, in the heyday of, of investments because then all the depression hit and they all dropped back down, right? It, it, it's where it is as you go along. You see, when we talk about connecting, don't just jump up and run out and say, I want to be a part of a life group and then check it off your list because you signed up for a life group. No, it's not a one-time thing. It's a progression that takes place. That's the way our journey is as Christians, as Christ followers. You know, Randy reminds us often that we have 
two planes of relationship. We have the vertical relationship with God. We have the horizontal relationship with one another. And the two intersect, which means they're forever connected, forever intertwined. And we can look at it on, on a math graph here. And okay, here's our vertical, our relationship with God. Here's our horizontal, our relationship with one another. And what should be happening in our lives is that as we're growing in our relationship with God, we're growing in our relationship with others. And we should be on this trajectory right here. Now, I'm going to be real honest with you. Mine doesn't look quite like this as I look back on my life. It's more kind of... But I want to tell you one thing. It can't go this way. It can't make that graph like that. You can't grow in your relationship with God and not do anything in your relationship with others. And to be the Christian that God's called you to be, you can't grow in your relationship with others but not grow closer to God. The two are interconnected. The two go together. That's the measurement we're looking for. Where are we? Are we growing closer to God and closer to others? Are we connecting more with them? Are we finding places to serve? Remember, we said we serve God as we serve others. The two are connected forever and always. Where are you connecting? Where are you serving? Those are two of the things we need to use to measure our lives, to measure our journey as Christ followers. You and I should be closer to God today than we were when we came to know God. And because of that, we should be more intimate in our relationships with others as we've gotten closer to God. The two go together. So where are you connecting? For some of you sitting in here today, you have missed the major connection. The connection with God. You have not yet made that connection of what God has done for you. The God who created you to be connected. The God who created the universe, the world all around us. That God so loved you that he sent his son Jesus. Remember Jesus said, I came to serve and to give. What did he give? Give my life a ransom for many. Give my life to pay the price for you and me and our sins. Our sins separate us from God. And God in his love and in his mercy sent his son Jesus. He died on the cross to pay the price for our sins and rose again in power to give us the ability to live this life that we live today. But some of you haven't made that connection. You never accepted that gift. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son a gift to us. But like any gift, you've got to accept it. You've got to receive it. That's the first connection. Some of you need to make that connection today. Some of you need to connect with his church. You've been coming. You've been attending. You even tell folks, I, I'm part of the Heights Baptist Church. I go to the Heights Baptist Church. 
but you've never made that connection. You've never become a part of the family, never joined, never taken that step. And we believe that church membership is important. Some of you need to connect with the church. Some of you need to connect with a group. You need to be a part of a life group, part of a small group where you can grow together. You can share your hurts and your joys. You can pray for others and help others. Where are you connecting? And where are you serving? Where are you serving? Within the church. Where are you serving outside the church? Where are you serving as you go? Let's bow our heads. Father, your word makes it so clear. You created us to connect. To connect to you. To connect to others. And to connect to the ministry and the task that you have for us. Father, whatever it is we need to do today in response to your word. Lord, may you blaze that on our hearts. May we not be able to leave this place this morning without doing what you're calling us to do. May we feel it so heavy. May it be such a burden, Lord, that we will not walk away from here having ignored you. We will not walk away from here having turned our back on what you're calling us to do, Lord. For some, it's to connect to you, Lord, to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. For some, it's to connect to the church, Lord. For some, it's to connect to a group. For all of us, Lord, it's the opportunity to serve and to find places, Lord, to continue to grow in our service for you. Father, whatever it is that we need to do, Lord, show us, lead us, burden us with it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.